Yeah, really, the one bad thing about that soundboard. No mute. Unlike I mean, the okay. old one. So as, as soundboards go, not the worst thing to oh, be no. missing. It's, but it's it was very fantastic. convenient to just click, click. Yeah, I know, right? When we needed it, but... Mm -hmm. eh. So you just have to kind of turn the knobs all the way down. And remember where they're at. And I have them both at like 55%, I'd okay. say. 55, 60, would, is that an accurate? One o'clock, if we're using a a clock reference. Or would you say that's more? I mean, 12, I could say like 120 if I'm being pedantic. Oh. <laughs> pedantic. Isn't that a river? No, that's the Potomac. I don't know why. That's that, a, is that a dad joke? I've never heard that one. Maybe, I don't know. That's, that's a something. I'll say that. Hiya, buddy. Hey, how's it going? That's going pretty good, man. Uh -huh. I don't know if, did we really talk about the fucking asshole kids much last weekend? Yeah. We did? <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, update on that, everybody. I fucking bought a security camera. Because I'm ready to fuck with these little kids, man. Big brother. Big yeah. Kyle. Looking yeah. out. He is. And I, uh, I told, I told some of the dudes that work and they're like, so, you know, you're officially like old man Collins now. And I'm like, Hey, if that's the price that yeah. I got to pay for kids, <laughs> ding dong, ditching me, whatever you are taking, get off my lawn into the digital age. I have. Yeah. This is digital. Get off my lawn 2.0. I love it. <laughs> Hashtag get off my lawn. <laughs> Hashtag upgrades. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you are now the bitter old man yelling at children. I am. But in my defense, how like, does that feel? Because you're still young. I know. Relatively young. You're not. And the old also, man in territory. my defense, like I would have never had a problem with these fucking kids had they not initiated this war by yeah. knocking on my door unsolicited many times. Mm -hmm. Like if they were just playing in the front yard, whatever. I don't fucking care. Whatever, man. Your kids do whatever. But when yeah. you start like harassing me, that's uh, man. I'm not gonna fucking deal with it. I don't care. So. As, as you and I have both said many times on this podcast, fuck your kids. I hate them. And that still rings true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we said many times on this podcast, fuck your kids. I hate them. I mean, a lot. Especially recently, <laughs> I feel. Oh, I had a uh, what was I had a rant. Of course. Recently, uh, but I don't think it was Ryan's rant. Fuck all your kids. It was more just like Control your goddamn kids. Also, I don't care about them. Don't show me shit. That's what it was. Like, I don't care about them. Don't endlessly parade, like, their achievements because they're dumb kid achievements. Like, sure. I'm sorry. Is your kid Gandhi? Is he solving, like, <laughs> fucking hate and, like, world issues? No, it's a fucking kid. It got a B plus on a pro... Like, who fucking cares? I don't... Like, like you're, it's great. You're, what, a 33-year-old man? <laughs> and you, I am? You just now... Where is this going? <laughs> well, you just now solved racism. I did. Uh, I solved that when I was 31, Kyle. Oh, was that that was, long ago? Well, about two years. Hey, kudos Actually, to you, buddy. Shit, yeah, I think two years ago. Uh -huh. I beat Jesus, right? Oh, he did. died when he was 33 and solved uh, hate and all that, right? So well, I think I, I beat Jesus. He solved hate for the whole world. You just solved hate between black and white people so far that's true so that's far. true i've got my work cut out for me you do you, you've got a couple <laughs> more races to unify but at, you started with the hard one and that's, you did it you think that's the hard one more I than would, like yeah man there's i don't know there's like 200 years of animosity built into 
black and white people it's whereas like in our nation but like you blow it up to the world and it's like oh, you sure. know what black people are not doing committing crimes in the name of religion and shit sure like i think there's much more animosity you don't have elsewhere you don't have two religions who have like two thousand years of like hey you're yeah. supposed to hate them and yeah. their side is like no hey you're supposed to hate <laughs> them that's been going for like wait that's almost like four thousand years i think uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a long Jesus time. Jesus was only like two thousand years ago, right? Uh, uh, supposedly, so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's all supposedly. relevant. Supposedly, so, <laughs> solving racism though. Congrats to you, buddy. Thank you. Let's, thank you, let's thank celebrate you. by drinking this new Three Floyds. Uh, they didn't have so our episode today is about Drakengard Three, mm-hmm. which is a lot of dragons in it. They didn't. Yeah. I looked very hard for a dragon beer. Like last week, I had the zombie beer for Resident Evil. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Nobody makes a dragon beer. There was yeah. this one called Laser Snake. Mm. I almost went with, but... It's kind of on the line. Yeah. Is there one where you have somebody who's, like, really horned up and, like, over-sexualized? Boy. Over-sex. That... Because that could also be... Yes, it definitely this. could. I think that's all beer commercials. Oh, shit. I guess that's right. Drink yeah. this beer. You'll also get this tits. hot chick. <laughs> also tits. Success. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, it's the beer commercials, the original Carl's Jr. commercials. Oh, man. And then Carl Jr. took it to 11. I love how you still call it Carl's Jr., even though here it's Hardee's. I, you know, and I'm familiar with it as Hardee's, but I will always call it Carl's <laughs> Jr. Because of, I think, idiocracy. Yeah, of course. And that fucking quote, like, will always be in my head. Carl's Jr., fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it though. It was was it Hardee's or Carl's Jr. in North Carolina? It's Hardee's, Hardee's right? Yeah. It's it's an East Coast West Coast thing. Yeah, we and had... it splits like well past where we are. So yeah, mm-hmm. definitely had Hardee's. Yeah, it's like East Coast and Mid Coast get Hardee's. West Coast gets uh, Carl's Jr. Only yeah. those bougie people on that West Coast. They also are the only ones that get uh, what is that? Trader Joe's. Oh, we've got Trader Joe's in Indiana. Do we have them here now? Up in Indianapolis. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Uh-huh. No, it's funny. Trader Joe's is owned by the same people that own Aldi's. Oh, that makes sense. That they're makes all a lot German. of sense. Yeah, I knew Aldi's was German. I didn't know Trader Joe's was, but that yep. makes sense with their own. Trader Joe's is good. Um, it is... Uh, it's basically like a Sam's Club, is it not? No, no, or no, no. Costco? No, Costco's Honest, are Sam's Clubs. Honestly, now that you say it's like... Yeah, Costco and Sam's Clubs are kind of one-to-one. Now that you say it's owned by Aldi's, it's very similar to Aldi's. It is like a mini, almost international market, but, but just the, yuppie foods. It's like the brands that you don't get in your regular store. You say mini, but I thought Trader Joe's were always like huge. No. They're not. No, 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 no. It's the size oh. of an Aldi. Really? Yeah. Okay. It, they're tiny. Like they're usually in like strip malls or something. Yeah. Or, like they're smaller than big lots. They're 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 tiny, but they've got like they a do lot have of the weird ass stuff. shit. Yeah. They do. Yeah. They got that's that's where you go if you want like orange hibiscus tea and like shit like you won't. I don't know. You might actually find orange hibiscus tea, but you'll. All right. Here. Uh, it would be like <clears throat> orange hibiscus flavored koji beef, like weird okay. shit like that. Now you're that's, getting specialized. That's when you go to Trader Joe's and they've got like a bunch of wine and beer that's all specialized. That, okay, that's why people talk about Trader Joe's because their their booze selection is. It's a little bit nicer. Yeah. Out of this world. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, like I said, you go there, they've got like a little chocolate candy aisle, but it's like not like there's not Hershey's, Butterfingers, Kit Kats, Reese's. It's all weird shit oh. 
It's chocolate. It's like artisanal chocolates with sea salt and crushed uh, macaroons on them. And From like the shit coast like of that. Malaysia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's not to disparage Trader Joe's, but it is a little bougie and maybe overrated. Oh, it's fine. Sure. It's I would not go out my way to make a Trader Joe's you say trip. bougie or pretentious? I don't think the Trader Joe's is pretentious, but, but I feel people who talk about going to Trader Joe's. For sure. Yeah, I think they might be. Ryan, yeah. are you very versed in like television shows? Were you a television kid growing up or more of a movie guy? Oh, it kind of depends. Yeah. It kind of well, depends. I would say growing up, I probably saw more movies okay. than TV shows. So let me ask, have you ever heard of the this television show called Monsters? I don't think so. I never have either, but uh-uh. I tell you, I watched a fucking marathon of it last night, and it was awesome. Not the monsters. Nope. It's just called Monsters. Okay. It was from like the late 80s up to 96. I believe it was on the old sci-fi channel. Oh, shit. So 10-year run. It, hey, it no, was out for a while. I think it was like a six-year run. I think it was like 89... 90 to 96. I, I did some limited research on it because I'd never heard of it. Yeah. But there was a Twitch marathon of it. Like the official Twitch channel was hosting uh, it for yeah, yeah. Uh, a Halloween marathon last night. And I watched a fuckload of it. And for the mo- I really enjoyed it. It's a lot like um like the Goosebumps TV show. Okay. So kind of anthology episodes. It's, it's anthology. It was a lot like also uh, what is the Twilight Zone. I'm in. But the cool <laughs> thing, the cool thing and what, like, as soon as I, I saw it and then I researched it on Wikipedia and the thing that instantly hooked me is that every episode has a monster. It's not like a weird, ah. but every episode has a fucking monster in it. And that's where the name, and it was, dude, there was some fucking cool shit in this. I really liked it. Good effects, good kind of monster. For, for the most part, I mean, designs, so, creativity. There was one that was really bad, but I still enjoyed the episode. Uh, the, yeah. the, the monster. <laughs> The monster was just like the guy had it disguised as like a king size bed, and then it was just like a slit down the middle that would swallow people. It was really cheesy, but like the episode itself was pretty fucking good. I mean, you could do a lot with that. And the first one I watched <laughs> was uh, this dude who was hunting this vampire chick, and because she had killed his brother, and she was also a pool hustler, so he had like hustled. It was it was really well done, man. Damn, and they were like okay. thirty minute episodes. Like, told a whole succinct story, had a monster. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I hope that they do it again tonight. I want to watch it again. I'd be down. If if they do, I, I'll have to keep an eye out. I was I'll let say, you know if, they if, it's, are if it's on it, again. Yeah, I'll send, me I'll a send text. you a text. Cause I'll probably forget, but that I, sounds like something I'd be into. I, I was really into it. It was cool as fuck. I, it was all, yeah. because it was early times, it was all those practical effects. Yeah. Uh, some of them were... Not great, but again, you got TV budget sometimes. And the but. acting was fun because it's also not great. But man, it was a, I was really enjoying it. I watched like three hours of it last night and was just sipping on a beer in here with headphones on, watching old nineties monster cereal. It was great. Fucking nothing wrong with that. No, man. it was a good night, man. I really enjoyed it. I'll, I'll ask you uh, some of the fun in going back to like Twilight Zones and the Outer Limits and some of the things that ran these anthology shows is they get a bunch of like uh, famous people before they're famous. Sure. Did monsters have anybody you saw that you recognize that became there famous was later? One chick in like the last episode I watched who looked like I'd seen her in other things, but she never was a big part. Huh. And I kept meaning to look her up also because 
character uh, actor Margot. <laughs> no, it was not Margot. Spoiler alert: she was an attractive redhead, which is uh, my kryptonite. Ooh, um, interesting. I love a redhead, man. I can, well, I knew that. I was like, I can't think of any famous redhead from the nineties, eighties, yeah, nineties. I couldn't around. think. Like Nikki the, Cox would be like the only one, but she's Nikki definitely Cox. not done anything oh, since. She has not aged well. No, she really hasn't. Mm. I remember only watching Unhappily Ever After. Oh, I know. She's so fucking her. smoking. Yeah. For her. Yeah. Like, she was like my little teenage crush. Like, I loved her. Before the days of internet porn, I cranked it to Nikki Does Cox on Unhappily Ever After many a time, man. Because she's fucking <laughs> smoking. Uh-huh. I'll take her over, uh, what, Christina Applegate, Kelly Bundy, I would any agree with day. You there. She's the much hotter, trashy sitcom daughter. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, full... 100% agree. And I like Christina Applegate a lot. I do too, but she ain't nothing on Nikki Cox back then. Fuck no, man. Yeah. Fuck no. <laughs> uh, the mom was also a lot hotter than Kelly Bundy. Or Peggy Bundy. I don't remember the mom too she much. She was the trashy blonde with the raspy voice. <gasps> oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I know exactly who you're talking about. Exactly. I'll disagree. <laughs> I go Peggy. <laughs> well, see, Peggy, the thing that I didn't ever like about Peggy, well, and Katie Seagal, is I didn't like the big hair that Peg had. It was always a turnoff, which is weird because she is a redhead. She is. But man, the big hair yeah. did not do it for me. It was you're, always, you're not wrong. So I never understood that big hair style ever, ever. I don't think it's ever been attractive. But then it also, you know what else I didn't? That's really just any kind of 80s style because they also did like the huge fucking shoulders and things. And, and they also like, had the, the worst thongs. The 80s thongs. Oh my God. Yeah. Not sexy at all. Uh-uh. They did not understand underwear. <laughs> they went up way too high and like over the hip bone. <laughs> like rib cages. It's not good, man. <laughs> 80s thongs were the worst. What's better, an 80s thong or uh, Borat's uh, one piece? Oh, man. So <laughs> uh, easily Borat's one piece. Because I've seen, still now, a lot of pornos where chicks are wearing those. Oh! It's great. Weird. Top notch. Is it is is it a direct reference to Borat? Like, no, Is no, it no. a Borat parody no, you're watching? No, no, no. Although I should. I wonder if there are Borat parody porns. There might be. Uh, I, God, I cannot even think of ooh, what that would even entail. <laughs> Pamela Anderson's in Borat, though. She gets shoved in a bag at one point. That's all I remember. How do you work that into a porno? Pamela Anderson also has hepatitis C. Just a fun fact uh, for everybody. Fun fact. Uh, so there you go. Take that. Hey, buddy. Fun fact. One of I, Did you see that video of Tommy Lee playing drums on a bunch of women's tits? Uh, I'm sure I have. It was long ago. But for some reason, I saw this, I think, when I was still... Uh, in the teenage years. Okay. And it is, I, for some reason, in my lockbox. Okay. This is something that when I am senile and I have forgotten everything else as an 80-year-old man and I'm sitting on my porch yelling at kids, I will be remembering Tommy Lee. Just was it tits? I thought it was butts. I thought he was playing butt bongos. See, I thought it was tits because they were playboy people and and of course you've got like was it on howard stern it could have been i think it it very well could have been or it was something very similar to that like tmz or something it was it was something that came out but i had that same thought and i was like man i want to call this up and be like kyle i could totally picture you doing this with butts but like this is such an obscure reference like you can't bring it up ever no you can't 
Okay. Well, uh, I, I did, and so, uh, there it is. <laughs> you, want, you want another funny, uh, oh, man, I'm going to tell this story. Tommy Lee story. Uh-oh. So he had a sort of career resurgence in the late 90s, early 2000s. Musically? Yeah, he had, he had the the big song "Get Naked." Do you remember this? No, I don't. <sighs> I do. And in the song and in the video, he has his hair and all these braids with tons of rubber bands throughout all of them. I did that exact same hairstyle because <gasps> I was really into Tommy Lee at the time. <gasps> yeah, yeah, that is one thing I can never say is that I was Un- into Tommy Lee. Unfortunately, there are no pictures of this damn it but it did a a big reason why i did it is because there was a girl at my high school who had a crush on who i convinced to come over to my house and do it to my hair and then i got to spend like two hours with her while she did it sir um so that was cool i've also had my hair in cornrows i've always had very long hair i don't know if you know this about me not this is always the longest it's been yeah uh, but I think I knew that, but cornrows is kind of surprising. What made you go with cornrows? Again, a chick I was seeing at the time was friends with this lesbian black chick. Okay. And this lesbian black chick, when we would hang out together, was like, man, your hair is perfect. I could do the best cornrows to your hair. And we were <laughs> high one night and eating chicken wings. And I was like, yeah, go ahead, do it. <laughs> and it, all good ideas are born from being high and eating chicken wings. With a black lesbian. It was it was like the trifecta. I had to do it. <laughs> but then you I had helpless. I had cornrows. Those things stay in for a fucking while, man. Yeah, they're usually really tight. They hard are. To undo. It was very tight. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, I, I am a white guy that has had cornrows, so I think my sis like I no surprise. Like growing up in Monroe, I had a lot of black friends growing up, like uh and so did my sister, and she had a, a slumber party, and she had two friends come over, and they were two black girls, and my sister is white, I should say, she is a Caucasian. I mean, uh, we, we would have assumed that, but I would appreciate have assumed, the clarification. I don't know, it could be a blended family, You, you said it was your sister, Who not knows? your sister. That's, well, that's, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I'm not running for office anytime soon. Well, uh... They uh they were they were doing each other's hair as like girls do and like the two of them got on her and they're like Casey your hair's nappy like you need <laughs> to do something and they were complaining and this is like something still to this day my mom like remembers she was like yeah Casey's hair was so bad she even got called out by her friends and it's just like yeah that's uh that's that makes pretty sense. great yeah but I think Casey also experimented with cornrows for a bit and I, was I would like, believe it. I, I wouldn't want to do that. That just yeah. seems like a lot of maintenance. Well, that's the thing. It's really not a lot of maintenance. The only thing that you have to do is wear like a tight head wrap before you go to bed. Or else that that's when they get uh, loose and that, gross. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, she did advise me to do that. And I slept <laughs> in a bandana for a while. Oof. I know. It's, dude, I went through some phases. Do you? How do you wash it? You don't. like when You when just you d- don't wash them. No. And then you just pull them out. But, I mean, dude... Surprising fact, I don't wash my hair every day now. Well, I don't think you're supposed to. No. Uh, I wash washing my hair and shampooing like, your hair actually damages yeah, it every I wash day. This long mane, I wash about every two weeks. Give or take. Okay. Um, yeah, That's pretty European. Very, sure, if you want to say that way. <laughs> I, you know, my, my hair doesn't stink. No. So, uh... Not that I've known. I've not really been in it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I've well, not I mean, smelled uh, hair funk. 
Sure. And I, <laughs> I think that that's number one, the first sign. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I feel I have pretty good fucking hair. So I would say so, yeah. yeah. I, I think I know what I'm doing with it, so I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and not washing it only yeah. but every one to two weeks. So, But cornrows, like I said, I had them in for like a week. I, th- I don't think they stay in for much longer than that. Because, again, they do really? start they start loosening, and you have to have them redone. Is that it? Okay. It's like old ladies uh, that go and they get like the beehive every week at the hair salon. You have to do that every week if you yeah, have a beehive? Those, oh, some, I didn't know that. Like, there's some ladies that have like standing appointments at hair salons for like every week, every two weeks. And that, man, I don't know. That sounds like torture. I would hate going to the barber shop or. I think we should set. I've, I've mentioned it before. We should do a goal for charity stream this year. If we get three grand, I'll do a beehive. What does that entail? The beehive updo hairdo? <laughs> yeah, but like, how are you going to do that? Like, are I mean, you going to get somebody to come stream. in to do yeah. it? I'll, I'll go. I, it won't be till after stream, but I'll go to a hair salon and get a beehive hairstyle. I think I actually might know somebody who is a hairstylist. We could maybe yeah? do this on the stream. So there we go. There's our first goal that we've established. Three grand, people. <laughs> Three Kyle, grand. Kyle will get a beehive. Live on stream. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll do it live on stream. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If this is something too that we don't get it to like the very end, we'll just do a stream later. Yeah, like a week or so. I'm down with that. That's fine. But we can totally do this, buddy. I thought we should uh, we should bring back a thing that we haven't done for a while. Because also, surprise, surprise, if you're a Patreon supporter, King of the Hills are coming back. We promise. Uh, Halloween Brooks-tober was just a. It was a long month. Yeah, and. Tight scheduling. That's it. We, we admit we didn't we didn't get them done, and we apologize. But they are coming back, and you mm-hmm. will have one this week. That's right. I think. Yeah, you should, should have one. Should. Yes. Um, but one thing that once we started doing King of the Hill, we got rid of the drunk casts. Yes. <laughs> and I think one of people's favorite things from the drunk cast is you and I answering questions from the internet, specifically Yahoo <laughs> questions and answers. So, I thought. Let's get back into that. I like it. This is one of my favorite parts. I love Yahoo questions. I, I also, I also do. I, I enjoy <laughs> them a lot. And uh, you know, the only thing that sucks about them, and I like that I've had you look through these two, is that you got to go through a lot of stupid, baity political bullshit <sighs> to get to some good questions. It's a bunch of people trying to start fucking yes, fights. That's all it is. And that's like, all right, we get it. <laughs> we get it. But uh, I've got a couple here who are going to start us off really tight. And all the right. first one I think is a pretty good one, Ryan. It's a, uh, who's hotter? Ooh. Who's hotter, Ryan? Sandra Bullock hmm. or Jennifer Aniston? Uh, I mean, Sandra Bullock. You I don't think so. I don't have to think. Personally, Sandra Bullock's been my bae okay. for fucking ever. Since Love Potion number nine mm. that I saw in like 92, like when I was six. Like That's I was like, I like listeners. this. Then Speed came out, then The Net, and like I was into Sandra Bullock. I didn't get introduced Shh. till Speed. Is that right? Yeah. yeah, I was in. I was into her before that. I was. I like her. I like her a lot. Plastic surgery was not as kind to her. And shout out to Nikki Cox that, again. Yeah, I know. I don't. <laughs> I wish. I wish these actresses just fucking stayed away from it. Yeah. Uh, same with Renee, Renee Zellweger. Also went through fucking plastic surgery and came out like fucking unrecognizable. So did Kenny Rogers. 
Kenny Rogers did too. Oh man, I'll I show didn't you a see picture this off shit. air. It's really bad. It's, it's one of the worst plastic surgeries oh, I've ever seen. No, it's like Kato Kale. <laughs> really terrible. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to easily split with you here, Jennifer Aniston. That's fair. God damn, I'm I so get into it. her. And like, is it because of the tits and all the nipples on Friends? That was a big start. <laughs> and then in Horrible Bosses 1 and 2, when she is such a filthy mouth. Degenerate. Little yeah. degenerate. God <laughs> damn it. And she's like almost 50, and that body is still tight as fuck. Yeah? Jennifer Aniston, easily. That's, yeah. So I'm glad. We both got to be really pervy about actresses that we will never, ever achieve. So This is true. Yeah. Go us. <laughs> uh, here's another one right underneath that. Ryan, uh-huh. to you, what is the tastiest meat? Uh, human. <laughs> All right. Now, I got to call. <laughs> You've not had human. And just, people come to Yahoo looking for truth, Ryan. Oh, is that right? Nah, I'm just assuming it's the tastiest. We're all fat. Like, I mean, it's going to be so delicious. There have... I don't know. I there mean, have been people that have veal. eaten human, and they uh, they say it's not bad, but it's not the greatest, because Ooh. we are still, like, an energetic species, and we do move, and it's not... It's a little tough. There's still a lot of muscle. From what I've understood. Yeah. What, what I read is that you want to eat... The arms, the legs, and the buttocks, and nothing else. How the fuck else. did you read this? <laughs> I, I actually just read this, like, I think the other day on Reddit. Because everything else, like, you don't want to eat brain. You never want to eat cannibalism? Brain. Yes, r slash cannibalism. You never want to eat brain, though. It doesn't matter what animal. I agree with that. Never eat brain. I don't brain. know why you'd want to eat brain well, to begin with. Because if you eat brain, you can introduce prions, which prions are what fucking eat your brain themselves. And that's, it's like the... The basis of mad cow disease. Are you fucking kidding? Yeah, prions are fucking terrible. So if you eat a brain, you could get cells that eat your brain. Yes, and drive you insane. The fuck would want to eat a brain then? It's incurable. So. I've not even. All right, so my in-laws have actually had like cow brain sandwiches. So did my my uncle and my aunt growing up loved them. I've not heard. See, they loved them. My in-laws said they taste like shit and hated them. I've heard both and versions. That's like uh, it's like why take the risk? Why even try if it's uh... yeah? Stay the fuck away from okay. prions. So not brains. Okay, but yeah, and then also in the torso, that's where all the stuff that's like bad that can the uh-huh, the bacteria and shit. Yep, I so, would that makes sense. So you want to eat the arms, the legs, and the buttocks especially. Well, the butt's always good shit, like mm-hmm. right, like a uh, pig butt. It's bacon. I mean, I imagine like human butts just like bacon too. I fucking like my butt like has no muscle in it. Like it would be nothing but bacon. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sticking with my answer. Human I'm, I'm is a, the most delicious meat. <laughs> I'm gonna say here on the podcast, Ryan, I wanna eat your butt. <laughs> <laughs> it's been uh, hundred and eighty episodes building up to this, but uh-huh, yes, right here you, you can eat this butt. <laughs> uh I think still to this day my favorite cut I love a T bone steak, man. Ooh, okay. Really That's, love T-bone right. steak. So you went specific, not even just like cow meat, deer meat, yeah, pig meat, I went whatever. Straight up a you fucking, went the cut. Yeah. Okay. T-bone. If you want to get even more like a porterhouse, which is like a bigger T-bone, man, I will get fat as fuck and eat a whole porterhouse. There's, <laughs> there's a great steak restaurant here in Bloomington called Yonko's Little Zagreb, which is like... Little Zagreb's. It's famous yeah. for its meat and the way that they cook their meat. And they have a porterhouse for two, mm-hmm. which I have eaten singly as a human. I've eaten a whole porterhouse for two as one human being and felt only slight shame afterwards. It's quite a bit, man. That's You're a like lot Bobby of in that one episode. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I do. 
Uh, Lil Zagreb's got great meatballs too. Their spicy meatballs are that, delicious. They, yeah, everybody <laughs> loves them. They're fucking great, man. They're real good. So you say human, I say T-bone steak. I, I mean, joking. I honestly, here's another divergent thing. I might go with chicken. Like I'm a huge chicken fan. Chicken is also great because chicken goes with nearly everything. That's yeah. And you make any kind of spicy chicken meat, and like I'm fucking down. The only reason I don't go chicken, uh, because like I don't know, man. There's something about like that medium rare. Steak. It's not the same. Like no. uh, the best cooked chicken is nothing compared to like the well, best like, cooked steak. To get I'll like the best that. chicken, like you really got to add other stuff to it. Whereas a steak, man, like you, you shouldn't get, do anything. You get you that should do salt rare. and pepper, and that's it. You and you don't even really need that if you're doing it right. Like it's really? good. Yeah, even cooking it. I mean, I, I, I like when it's on the yeah, grill and it's I raw. Too. I agree. You got to salt and pepper a little bit. Yeah, but I will then too, but... nothing else on it once it comes off the grill. I agree with that. Ryan, this is a poll for men. So I believe you and I apply for this one. Uh, Do you prefer dark hair or blonde haired girls? And I think I know the answer for both of us, but. Dark hair. It's not even close. Absolutely. Not even close. Sorry, man. Not even close. I'm so into brunettes (laughs) and redheads like. mm. See, that's where I diverge. Uh, I mean, I would go brunette, blonde, red. Really? Uh, oh man. And and I'm honestly, I'm probably still redhead, and uh, very close as brunette. Uh-huh. And then I, you know, I've been attracted to some blondes. I'm not gonna deny it. But you're kind of with a blonde. She's well. That's all. She's fake, like though. dirty she's, blonde. She's brunette, and she does highlights. Is that right? So, okay. I mean, cheating. she passes off as blonde. Though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you can tell there it's uh, like uh, yeah uh-huh. probably don't need to get into more than that but <laughs> right here's a question for you and i think you and i can save america by answering this one okay if not the world okay, save america ryan i only care about america fuck the world what Let's save america what is causing men to die 10 years younger than women and how can we fix the problem boom it's here it is Men are stubborn, idiotic assholes who just <laughs> work themselves to death, and that's it. Um, the the reason these statistics statistics are like the way they are is because I don't know history. <laughs> like h- historically, men and women have had very specific gender roles. History and not, not her history. Well, whatever. <laughs> history has created gender roles where. The woman stays at home and cares for the children, and the man goes into the fields and works all days and do whatever. That's that's history. Like, that's where we've come from. That's where we've evolved. That's how it's historically been. So a man in the field, like a farmer or whatever, like, working all day nonstop, like, they're going to just slowly work themselves to death. Yeah. And they're going to have an earlier grave be- because of it. Like, I have a... Hard life living. Yeah, I looked at Bloomfield statistics, and uh, it's weird. As soon as you get to, like, above 55, the the men and women difference fucking skyrockets. Like, the amount of women alive over 55 in Bloomfield is, like, six times as high as the men alive over 55. And it's because they're fucking usually... Not as smart, hard workers. They don't care about uh, well-being, mental health, mental wellness, anything like this. They don't prepare for themselves or the futures. They are just work, 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 and then they die. Then die. And that's it. They provide, 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 and die. Okay. And that's it. They have no kind of uh, 
honestly, self-preservation. <laughs> Fair enough. Which I, I, it sounds hard, but I think that's kind of how a lot of men were raised. Yeah, absolutely. Historically I totally growing agree up. with that. And, and even I was like, I got that. Like, to a certain extent, like, you should do this. You should be work. Get that grind on. You have to be provider for your wife and kids. And it's like, well, that quickly became fucking erroneous because my wife's also a provider and she's fucking great at it. Like, you can have two people providing. It's not a fucking thing. But I think historically, that's what it is. Because men historically have had, like, the hard life jobs and just kind of slowly work till they die. I think... It's because women nag men. <laughs> and uh, then the, the way to fix it is for men to get into homosexual relationships with other dudes. Oof. And then you live longer. This is interesting. This is interesting. I don't think that's the case. <laughs> well, I would like to refer back to earlier when I was going to eat your ass. <laughs> and let's see where this goes. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's going to extend your life. <laughs> but my God, we'll have a lot of fun. It might take a few years off of it. Who knows what's down there? Uh-huh. All right, man. I got a new question here. And this one, I think, is actually pretty good. Because I don't really... I think I know where to land on this. But, Ryan. Okay. Lettuce. Can, right. it, can it go on a pizza? Yes Ooh. or no? I mean, fucking anything can go on anything if right. you like it. But have I ever seen lettuce on a pizza? No. Would I be interested in lettuce on a pizza? Not really. I don't would know I complain? It, uh, Probably not either. But it's just like a... You know, maybe if there was like a full-on hamburger pizza, ooh. like with like hamburger meat. That's interesting. And then like tomato uh-huh. and then lettuce and onion. Yeah, yeah. You know, that might not be bad. Be would you that. put ketchup and mustard? Would you put mustard? tomatoes on it even though you have like the marinara sauce, sauce as like the sauce? Boy, I don't, I've I've had other tomatoes. You do on like margarita. Pizzas. You just put like a slice yeah. on it. I don't know, man. Would you put that's Mike? Would you put ketchup or mustard on that pizza? Oh, but it's a hamburger pizza. I would still that's the real. be a little sketched out by it. Just and here's the thing: any time I'm eating a food and it's not that food, but like an amalgamation of other foods pretending to be that food, sure, it sketches it's never me works. out. And then it never, it's yeah. never as good. It's like why the fuck wouldn't I just eat a hamburger? It just seems like a gimmick. Yeah, yeah, I agree, uh, man. God damn, there's a whole lot of political. I'm scrolling here. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, here's a, here's a good one. <laughs> all right, Ryan. All right, uh, this person is looking for the name of a movie. It was a ghost movie of some kind. What are they talking about? That's not specific enough. I know. That's the question. I would need a few more. But a ghost movie of some kind, I immediately go with it's either Ghost, A Sixth Sense, or Poltergeist. I don't think it... Like, what... What other ghost movies would be... Let me see if they have any clarification. Yeah, if there are clarifications, that usually helps. Uh, this was the question I got asked all the time in the video store. Things, I'm sure. things like that. I can't find it anymore. I scrolled too past. That's okay. They usually require some follow up, and with a little bit follow up, I'm going to guess that it. they're either talking about thirteen ghosts. You think thirteen ghosts, or Casper the Friendly Ghost? Oh shit! Maybe I... Casper too. Maybe. Hmm. I think it could for sure be 13 Ghosts, because this is a movie that for some reason refuses to die and stay in the fucking 2000s. Shout out to Digital Cartridge. 
13 Ghosts fucking sucks, dude. It's not a good movie. That movie is fucking garbage. I don't I mean, understand it. It's the fucking worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> One really of them. not good. I fucking hate that movie so much. <laughs> so many movies have done, like, that idea better. Like, I would even say, like, Cube is kind of like that. With, Cube like, the moving pieces and, like, the weird you don't know what's going to happen in a room. And there are ghosts trapped in glass because it has spells on it. Man. Fuck but they this. also have magic glasses that can see the ghosts. <laughs> 13 ghosts. This is the fucking stupidest. And your fucking star is Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> Fuck off out of here. Well, and Shannon Elizabeth doesn't get naked. Was, uh, he is also backed up by Shannon Elizabeth and Matthew Lillard. So that's an A plus cast. Matthew Lillard you is great. You got Monk Shaggy and Tits <laughs> McGee from American Pie. Great. Well, fucking winner. Have you ever heard anybody refer to Jennifer Love Hewitt as Jennifer Love Huge Tits? <laughs> I think you. Mostly I, just I you. Totally <laughs> Mostly just you. I love that you call Shannon Elizabeth Tits McGee, though. I couldn't think of her name. Is it Nadia in the movie? Yeah, it is Nadia. There Very you nice. go. Boom. I think I still own the Playboy that she was in, too. She's in a Playboy? Mm-hmm. Did you see her husband back from that time? No. He was... All right, so he's in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. He's the guy... Who, uh, Chris Rock goes, we're going to make this look like House Party 2. And he's like, House Party 3, shut the fuck up. That was her husband. Really? The other guy. That fucking guy who wow. looks like Ron Jeremy. Wow. That's him. Have you ever seen, uh, speaking of redheads, the chick from Mad Men? Oh, God. Uh, and Drive. Christina Hendricks. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Her husband. is the, you know, the husband. He's, he's in, uh, oh, he's such a fucking douchey douche. <gasps> oh, no. He's in... Uh, what's the movie, the M. Night Shyamalan with the elevator? Devil? Oh, I like, I think, Chris Messina. I think I I like this guy. He is also in the Mindy Project. Maybe. He is the one Mindy has a child with? I don't know. I haven't got that deep in the Mindy Project. The white doctor who's kind of an asshole? That's not, he's not a main cast character. Fuck, okay. So it's not that guy. Who else is in Devil then? I it's only the remember nerdy him. Guy. It's the nerdy guy in like the suit. Oh man. I guess I don't remember the nerdy guy. I uh, remember Chris Messina. I'm looking this up. Christina Hendrix. Hendrix. I'll tell you why I like Christina Hendrix too. Uh she thick. Oh, she's she thick. She man, and Hollywood don't have enough thick. No. She's thick and Jeffrey Arend. That fucking guy. Oh no! Yeah, that's her husband for that's like a long super time. Guy, right? Yes, the guy. The yes. snozberries taste like snozberries. That's him. Oh, that is who is porking Christina Hendricks. That's weird, isn't it? That is such a weird couple. Yeah, but but I'm okay with it because I will say that he's not a good for you, bro. He's not a douche. Good for you. Good for you. I don't understand it, but he's not a douche. He's not like. <laughs> You said douche, and I was like, oh, God, she's going to be married to, like, somebody well, just beca- like... like, compared to her, douche. Well, it's like me, like, or you, if, like, ah, if anybody saw us with so Christina like, Hinder, they'd be like... Undeserving, I would not say a douche. <laughs> I would not say a douche. Sure. I use the word douche a lot, but I don't ah, mean it fair. in a derogatory way. I just mean, like, eh, you look kind of like a douche. Douche has a very specific connotation yeah. to me, which is, like, uh... Guy Fieri, but not Guy Fieri. Like that kind of look in that person, that's a douche. Sure. Sure. Uh, I would say Jake Busey, douche. Like, like that kind of character, douche. That guy is just not a douche, but a doof. 
Okay, he's doof. a doof. doof. He's an doof. aloof doof nerd and a goof with a hot hottie. He's nerd. a nerd weirdo. <laughs> I want. You think he's fucking hung? He got me a little bit to get into that here's, thickness. Dude, here's the thing. Yes. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> That's it. That's all I've got. <laughs> here's the thing. Yes. Uh, I got a couple more of these, buddy. All right. I love it. How come the glue that's in the bottle doesn't dry up? Uh, I would imagine because of the condensation and moisture trapped with inside a you closed container. Yeah, if you if you let that air yeah. in, man, it's gonna dry up. It's all about that air. What the fuck is like our kindergartners on this? Like, I don't know, man. What again? That's it. That's that. All right. What so, educated person <laughs> is asking this question? Here's why I asked that one. Here's the, here's the two questions above and below it. Number one, above it. Has Brexit been canceled? Number two, below it. Why do liberals not like Trump? What do you fucking want from me, man? <laughs> and that's spaced. Each of them is super political above and below it. So I just grab the first one that I see that's not political. That's what we get. Why is glue not hard when it's closed? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Also, in fairness... Why do liberals not like Trump is a fucking stupid question. Yeah. And he's Republican. Of course. Duh. Uh, fucking, there you go. Uh, because it's, it was never going to be. <laughs> oh, wait. All right. We're back to with it. where we were. Why do I hate get stabbing with knives? Do. What? What uh, would you do, Ryan? Yes. What would you do if someone posted a swastika on your front door? What do you mean by posted? Like, I'm assuming drew, drew it or graffitied it. Or just maybe stuck it on with a piece of paper. Oh, fuck. This is a dark one. I don't think... I mean, I, I only asked because I already have my answer. I'll jump in. I would modify it into the old Windows 98 logo. <laughs> you know? Yes, right? I do. I think that's that'd be pretty a, easy. That's, that's, that's actually brilliant. That's exactly <laughs> what I'd do with a swastika on my front door. Oh. Be pretty easy. I'd be like, fuck yeah, man. I will support Microsoft from 1998. Let's do it, bro. I don't know. I would be tempted to just like really own it and <laughs> essentially take it back. <laughs> take back the swastika. But I would write something like, fuck Nazis or something underneath it, you know? But like, I don't know. If somebody wants to fucking do that in my neighborhood, I, like, I'd fucking own it. How do you take the swastika back? It used like to I be said, actually I a just, symbol for good. It was a religious symbol, a Catholicism and, uh, no, I symbol. No, I think in Buddhism, I thought. Buddhist too, but yeah. also Catholicism. Like old, oh, what's weird is in South Korea, they still use the swastika yeah. in places as a religious symbol. And you're like, oh, shit. Well, because they didn't. it wasn't as big. It was South Korea. It like, didn't affect them the same again, way. Again, it's, it's it just cultural, it, yeah. regional differences. Yeah. Uh, all right. We're going we're gonna to take they, one more, man. Oh, shit. That's a political. I'm not going to say that. Let's go. <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna take it out, and then we're gonna come back and talk about Drake and Guard Three. Uh, fuck, man. There's so many. Why don't the liberals like Trump? <laughs> Why is Trump a bad guy? Why? I don't get it. <laughs> God, man. There's so fucking many. Who's worse? Trump, Obama, Bush. Who fucking cares? They're all the same. <laughs> all right. Here's one that will. All presidents. We can totally answer as, as two 
very well-versed car guys that know everything oh, about them. F- I have a screw in my rear tire, <laughs> but the tire pressure is holding. Should I leave it or take it out? I honestly don't know the answer, but I would say take it out and get fix a flat and just fill it up real quick. I'm going to, I say leave it long enough to drive to the fucking tire place and okay. let them handle it. Like, okay. I mean, all right. So it's in there now and yes. it's not losing pressure, but uh-huh. it's a foreign object in the tire. And the more you use it, it's. It's not going to stay permanent. Well, yeah, because uh, heating and cooling contracts and expands. So, like, that's going to pop and out when that tire gets every going. Every time it drives on the road, like, asphalt has its bunch of little pieces of gravel. Eventually, uh-huh. probably one of those is going to hook on the screw somehow. Maybe yank that out or jostle it. And, yeah, dude. That's what I think. Yeah. Go get it's that centrifugal force, too. Like, if something's fucking spinning, sure. it's going to get thrown out. It's yeah. not going to hold in like the bucket of water this is the opposite like it's on the outside it's gonna get thrown Here you out go. kyle and ryan car experts let's bring right. it to you guys i think this is good advice i would bet my life on this i would too yeah <laughs> i have many times i have uh so yeah that's good man i really enjoyed yahoo questions this week i always enjoy them i do too they're buddy. so much fun um yeah we're gonna come right back and talk about drinking guard after these short pee breaks Buddy, buddy, let's talk about our good buddy, Mr. Yoko Taro. Yoko Taro. What hey a guys, fucking it's guy. Yoko Taro Novembaro. <laughs> We're just going to do Yoko Taro games month. We Man, only have three weeks. <laughs> uh, I would totally replay Nier and Nier Automatic and don't, I don't even care. I actually just got back into Nier Automata. Yeah. Because of Drakengard. Really? Yeah. Oh, it, it, I like it scratched that itch. And I was like, yeah, I really want to go back to like Nier Automata and put more time in it. What sucks, like the only thing is that Drakengard 3 doesn't really tie in to the Nier series as much. No. Because no. it is a prequel mm-hmm. to Drakengard 1 and 2, which amazingly are the two that I'm least familiar with because they're PS2 only. They are. Are they both Yoko Taro still? Not two. But the first one is. First one is. I have seen most of the first one played. Uh, yeah. One of my friends growing up had it. I watched him play it. And I'll tell you what. I did not see the same kind of Yoko Taro shine or brilliance in that game. And I don't know if that's maybe because I was too young and didn't realize what was happening. It's or because that. he grew like a lot in and, between. And like, you can see him a lot more in the cutscenes and the endings because the sure. ending of Drakengard 1 I think is the one that directly Ties triggers near right yes okay uh, although there are some things in Drakengard 3 which are related to near you'll probably have picked these out much better than I have well so cuz I honestly did not pick out many connections to near in this game the the whole thing is told from the perspective of an android that's narrating the entire thing to you wait Drakengard Drinking Guard 3, yes. Wait, is it? Yes. Is it not just narrated by Zero? At, at the start, and then once you beat it, <coughs> this android chick comes in. Oh, so I beat it, but I've not... There's also four endings to this game. I thought it might be like Nier, in which you have to play it multiple times, but when I beat this, I was like, I think that's good because the game I really like is... this first ending. It's really cool. I thought it was it's a super kind of perfect ending. Thing. I thought yeah. it... 
I thought it was complete. What compared to like near, I will agree with you. Like the first ending is cool. Two and three are total bullshit. Oh no! And then the fourth one is pretty cool. Fourth one. <laughs> Tell fourth. me. Oh yeah, I guess so. We're just fucking jumping into Dragon yeah. Guard three, but yeah. I want to hear what this ending to four is, having not seen well, it. Well, so it's really cool because so the big difference is that in all three other endings, uh, Mikhail. Mm-hmm. Dies and Mikhail is your dragon who, who was Michael dies at the very beginning of the game and, and then, then gets reborn as like kind of a big powerful dragon but voiced by like a kid a, essentially like the Gohan voice actor I like it so. sounds real close yeah. to that that same voice actor right so he's basically he's re- he's reborn so he's a child ah oh, zero so what are you doing he like has a lot of childlike of stuff, qualities yeah. too yes which is very fun and endearing and it's a lot of fun contrast against the super serious zero yeah yeah um but yeah so finally in the fourth <laughs> one mikhail doesn't die oh um okay. so that's what is the big difference okay and then you get to f- play a fun little rhythm dancing game what the mikhail. fuck yeah. Yeah, I'm dude. gonna have to go back. You to really should just for this dancing. You game. really should. It's what? fucking wild. Uh, and that's how Mikhail survives and beats and saves things. I'm and so then, glad you told me about this yeah. because whatever my score was, it just got bumped up two points from hearing <laughs> this weird. It's shit. great, man. This is what I love about Yoko Taro games. It's just well, like, their ability to include the most off the wall shit that you wouldn't yeah. expect in the type of game that you're playing. And near Automata, I remember, like, one of the, in the actual, to get the true ending, like, you mm-hmm. have a, a shump, a bullet hell shoot 'em up against the end credits. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, and that's how you get to the true ending. It's, it's all this weird fucking, not bullshit Ryan Johnson <laughs> subverting your expectations, but real actual artistry subverting your expectations. I like that you got your uh, last Jedi dig in uh-huh, this episode. Of course, got I to. won't even rebut it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, so it's not even so much as subverting expectations. He just kind of like tears down like the narrative walls. Yeah, he he just in in the way that Deadpool breaks the fourth wall. I think Yoko Taro does the same for game game design theory, like all this shit, because he is just about. Fun experiences and fun moments. Yeah. And like it doesn't matter if it's like cohesive or belongs in this universe. He'll make it happen. He, and he'll make it work. And, and it, then you're like, it's believable. Yeah. He does it well. He does it well. He makes like we've talked about the near text adventure. Like it's like a 30, 40 minute text adventure scene that is not tiresome or annoying or hand-fisted. And it, weird and yeah thematically it makes sense even though it is so like dissonant and like it it doesn't belong but he somehow makes it work in the universe and he does that here again with like these small little touches i'm i'm so fucking bummed i didn't make it to this fourth you really should man and (laughs) how much how much extra work does it take to get there it's a lot like the near series where like i believe i'm pretty sure playthrough two starts off like kind of halfway through so you don't really have to it's not Full playthroughs. It's yeah. It it starts at certain points, and then it and also I know playthrough two doesn't go all the way to the end. You die at a different boss this time. Oh, because Mikhail sort of sacrifices himself. Oh, uh, to I think it's I think it's Sister Four who you kind of fight in a spider form, and she has poison this time, and Mikhail dies to the poison. Okay. 
I well, believe that's... it's four. Maybe it's two. Because you fight him. It's Five, maybe four, two. three, yeah, two. I think it's two. Yeah. Okay. And it, it starts at four. I believe that's the way this went. Okay. <laughs> you and I also both played this game a long time ago. It has been a while. This has been one that we've kind of had finished, and we were just slotting in for a time we had open. Yeah. Then Soder movie September hits. And then Brooks Tober. So you have just two months that are blocked. Yeah. So this is a game that's at least two months in our memory. Uh-huh. So we've had a, a bit of a refresher, but there are going to be some memory slips here and there. But what's cool is that, so I, I mentioned this Android chick who was... Yes really telling the story from all of this and it's almost so again like very yoko taro there's alternate dimensions so although she calls them branches Mm -hmm. and she's showing us these different branches and what would happen and then she's like oh yeah this is what happens in this branch no this is the wrong one we need to go here and that's where playthrough two Uh. starts and then she's like Oh, yeah, no, this isn't the right one we need either. So it's this cool thing, but she's also existing outside of time. And she's an android, which does tie into the near thing. And she's sort of showing us this story of the way that it happened. So how do you think this ties into Nier then? If she is an android, how how does this tie in? Well, because in in Nier, (laughs) everybody is androids, like all the important people. Wait, what? The yeah. even the first game? Yeah, man, that was the whole point of that. I knew they were like. F- well, I guess so. I guess that's your definition of android because I knew they were not real people because yes. they were the souls of the other. The, the souls were the shades that you the fight. bad people. They yes. were the real people. Yes. They were the souls of the real people that that's were supposed right. to go into these machine bodies, which you are playing as. Which, after having not had souls in them for so long, so, developed their own identities, and that's why there's this war. So Kaine near Emil. Well, I guess Emil I kind of knew was an android. Yeah, but Kaine and Nier are androids. Yeah. I don't know so much about Kaine, but Nier for sure is, and so is his daughter. That who, makes sense. Yeah, kind of with how that ended. Uh huh. And then Devila and Papala are androids who oversee the android program. And again, what's cool, especially with like things like Near Automata, it gets more into like this. This robot learning thing where, yeah. like, so the androids like 2B and 9S only exist to defend humanity from the aliens. But this war has been raging for 10,000 years. And not only are the aliens actually all dead, so there's no reason to fight. All the humans that are on the moon are also fucking dead. But some of these certain higher up androids know this, but they hide it from the other androids because that's their entire reason for existence. It gives them a purpose. So it's this whole fucking like <coughs> to be whole clue in there to be <laughs> or not to be. Why is she named that? Yeah. It's this whole fucking existential crisis thing. Honestly, it's nihilism. Yes. It is is a lack of meaning in the universe. Yeah. And how do you cope with that? Yeah. And and it's Yoko so fucking Taro. Awesome. I think examines that. Yeah. I, like, and there's that nihilism in Zero in this game. Sure. For sure. Which is like, uh, well, the maybe, whole reason. Yeah. The whole I was reason. Like, do we keep talking story? Yeah. Because I, I can talk story, but the gameplay we'll talk about did not hook me right away. Of course not. Zero did. Yeah. And Zero's a great the character. characters absolutely did. Well, and the whole reason that Zero is on this mission is because she originally tried to kill herself, mm-hmm. and in so doing, her personality split into her five sisters, air quote, 
And she knew that she had started this because of her brashness, let's say. Yeah. And so knew that she needed to fix it because much like uh, sort of the AI and the androids in Nier, like the ultimate goal of these intoners is to end humanity, even though most of humanity worshiped them as gods. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, it's so fucking heady and... <laughs> God damn, I love Yoko Taro and the stories he weaves, man. It is. You it talk is. a little bit, please. No, I mean, it is It is very heady. And, man, it's fine. This is like, this is, this is your, this is your bag. Yoko Taro is it's your bag. For sure. Like, when, when we do a Yoko Taro or a Kojima you too, game, man. I am more than happy to let you just fucking geek out and talk about it. Because, like, this is your, this is your bag. I get it. That said, Yoko Taro hooks me sure. in a way and that, I love that Kojima does not. Yeah, I uh, get Kojima it. gets me sometimes, but there's a lot of things Kojima does that I'm like, I, I just don't get and alienate me, to be mm-hmm. honest. Yoko Taro has me completely. And and I think I think unlike a lot of the other Japanese kind of game developers, like I really think his kind of messages really translate language barriers. Yes. In a way that, like, I think maybe Kojima shit works a lot better in Japan. And, and a lot of other ones, too. Like, you know, I'm a or big go Platinum Games, even. Like, Platinum I love games. Platinum Games, but I think that shit would work Grasshopper, for me much Suda better. Grasshopper, oh, yeah. Shinji Mikami, uh, all the Final Fantasy stuff. Like, I love all that yeah. shit, but you can tell the Japanese in it. Whereas, yeah. like... I'd say, I, like, the Yakuza games. Yeah. Right? Like, as much as I can enjoy them and appreciate them... If I was in that culture, that game would hit me in a way that would be incredible. But like Yoko Taro hits me in that way still, even though it is a very it transcends translation. It is. I think it does. I think they have some of the best translations, and I don't know if this game is eight four play, but eight four play one. It's a great podcast. It is. It's a group of like uh, I think expats in Japan who do translations for games coming over to america and they have worked on all the yoko taro games i think really and their Excellent. translations i think are the fucking best because like they get worked the on nuance your, yeah. of like they sure do man every since this is this is what this is where anime loses me this is where a lot of japanese games lose me i think sometimes the translations are poor they just directly translate what is being said and they don't translate the context so you can kind of maybe switch up the words like it's not exactly what they're saying in japan but it more gets the context and i think these eight four play translators they get the context i think part of it too is that like a Japanese story and character arc is very different from what we expect in an American sense. This is true, too. Um, but that's why Yoko Taro's storytelling is so good, because mm-hmm. it's sort of, like I said, it transcends this translation. It's it's this amazing world building, which yeah. I know that I'm a huge fan of all of this fucking extracurricular shit that you can explore if you want to. Um, but it's just... It has characters and yeah. people that you actually care about. Whereas, like, mm-hmm. the traditional Japanese stuff is very uh, rigid. 
I would say Almost. puritanical. Like it is puritanical. not even puritanical. That might not be the right word, but it rigid's good. Um, oh shit! What were we talking about? Like bluegrass. Bluegrass music is the way it is, and it's very uninteresting. And to it's me also gonna be that way because it's it's not. There was a great word you used, and it's fucking slipping Who me knows? now. It was so I can't good. Remember. But um, I think that is the word. It is. It's traditional. Yeah. We can't change it. We can't vary it. And that's. I think a lot of these Japanese RPG games are this way. It is the typical like hero who is unaccustomed to everything and then given great power and has to have the responsibility put in. But I mean, we have Yoko that in Taro Western games, too, but stand out yeah. immediately because their characters are so fucking different. Like Zero immediately stands out from the dragon quest hero or any final sure. fantasy hero. Like she is brash, rude, crude, uh, possibly unlikable, but you stick with her because you want to know why you're kind of trying to figure out the mystery. And they give you that right away. But like having this intense hatred for her sisters and you're like, one, if you have a sibling, at some point you've had sibling animosity <laughs> it's gonna hook you so you have at least some kind of like insight into that sure. but like it's a good little mystery box hook of like well why why is she so mad at all her sisters and like enough to fucking kill them like it's a it's a good enough draw into the game and then her character like she's immediately berating and humiliating she's an asshole to everybody to everybody and i love uh, you get followers in this game kind of like the mass effect games companions you steal them from your worship. other sisters they're so good but then they immediately kind of turn and worship you in a sense but they're also very very different in the ways they worship oh, yeah. they're, all, they're I, also very unique god i love all them too and they're fun let's talk about weird. them yes because <laughs> what is the purpose of an intoner's bodyguard Ryan, I think this is probably a direct reference to something that is... I don't think it is. I think it's just very Yoko Taro. Okay. What is the purpose? So, number one... To, to worship without... I don't know. But anything? how do they worship? They, they protect... Is it sexual, right? Yeah, they also fuck the shit out of okay. all these intoners because I was like, I for think some they're reason, really hinting on the sexual, and then you have the one guy who is super into it. Well, he's also like a <laughs> sort of a, a sadomasochist. He likes that's to, right, yeah, yeah. He he really enjoys like being tormented and tor, and he he likes it when zero. Oh, it it displeases you, my lady. Oh, yeah. he likes when zero like, talks down to him. I, and it's it, so weird, but it's great. All, but you also have like the horned up old man, yeah, who's like oh, ready yeah. to go at like the heartbeat, and it's like just innuendo for fucking every line, and it, it's it's weird, like all these kind of but it's very different personalities. And, but it's but, it's this cool thing that like all the I don't know if I'd say cool. I guess it is. It's something I think that it's you cool. don't you I don't see you. Cool. a lot. Yeah, but like a big aspect of these intoners is that they have a super high sex drive. And so they have these personal followers that are there to protect them mm -hmm. and also serve them sexually whenever they need. And it's also I think it's subverting commentary. these fucking expectation because all of these intoners are super hot women and they're the ones in charge of like, Hey, I need this sex now, which is completely opposite of everything. That Especially you zero yeah. zero for sure. Um, kind of flips that script, but I, I think it's, it's just fucking smart commentary too. Like if you're talking in a nihilistic sense about kind of the world of people who worship gods or goddesses, only purpose are to kill them. Uh, like it, it's, 
I think Yogotaro apparently has a bent on religion, but I think he has like a sexual bent too. Oh, for and, sure. And like he yeah. clearly sees uh, sex as like a form of power. And I think he that also, is on clear yeah. display here. And and it's it's no, I don't know. He also very famously on Twitter, like when Near Automata was coming out, was like, hey, uh, a lot of people are doing a lot of lewd things of 2B. Send me those. <laughs> it's like, Fucking A, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> Someone you can else look on... at to be, and you can tell this man clearly. Uh... They asked him, they're like, "Hey, <laughs> you know, don't don't you think it's a little weird that you made this character so sexualized?" He's like, "Why? Doesn't everybody like looking at pretty girls? What's the fucking problem here?" I think that's. I think that's what this is commenting on. Like, yeah. it is one hundred percent talking about like sex sells, sex is power. Like, it is a thing. Hey, you want to know why? I don't know. Near Automata was the most successful game because uh, it didn't have an ugly ass fucking dude called Near. <laughs> yeah. But like a sexy girl in a short skirt that you could always look up her uh, skirt in if, if you, you wanted, wanted to. to. Sure. Sex sells. To and it's is super sexy. And it's their most popular Zero. game. So he has Zero a point. Super fucking sexy. Oh yeah, I mean, I goddamn! So, you go on DeviantArt, you see a lot of fucking shit. Or what's the uh, what's the the? I never rule? looked up DeviantArt. What's for the rule? For rule thirty four. Thirty four. Mm-hmm. I knew four was in it. If it exists, I bet somebody you has sexualized it. Of all of the fandoms, I imagine Nier has quite a fucking oh, bit sure. because of two B specifically. For sure, only because of two B. I would have to imagine before Nier Automata, Nier nothing, nothing on rule. I mean, sure, there were probably some things with Kaine, maybe, sure. but uh, nah. Two B really kicked that shit up. I bet. Spoiler alert and reminder: Kaine is also hermaphrodite. That's true. That's why I can imagine there being stuff on her. Sure, especially on because Deviant that's Art. gonna hit. Yeah, that's gonna hit. <laughs> that's a gonna niche. hit those deviants. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um. <laughs> so so this game. All right, so let's talk about intoners. Yes. So originally Zero was the first intoner who story-wise descended from heaven mm-hmm. and she was to eradicate humanity, but she didn't want to, so she attempted to kill herself mm-hmm. and therefore her personality split and created her five sisters who then she decided that she also needed to take out. Mm-hmm. But at this time, and I, this is where I get just a bit confused. She also gets this flower that replaces her eye. So this is after the very first mission, right? After get, she like, attempts the to kill tutor- herself. Yeah. Tutorial mission. She attempts to kill herself. And when doing so, no. No, in the opening tutorial, Mikkel dies because that's when and then he he's reborn. reborn as but the baby. like Zero also gets Loses, taken out. Like and she, she gets, gets the hit eye. in the eye yeah. or something, stabbed or shot or something. And she gets this flower, which the flower also ties into the Nier series mm-hmm. because the. Ah, uh, oh, fuck. I'm a terrible Nier fan because I'm also drunk and I can't remember the name of the flower, but the flowers play a very big part in both games. I would not know what the, uh, name the of lunar tear. That's the name of it. Holy shit! It's okay. the white flower. Well done. And I believe this is another tie-in to that. Oh. Um, because but in this game, the the flower is also trying to get zero to kill humanity. It also wants to take out humanity. It's almost like a sentient being mm-hmm. that is infecting her, but she's resisting it. Man, it's it, goddamn Yoko Taro, you fucking weirdo! I love it. It is weird, but it's also like a really cool and kind of iconic design, much like 2B or like 
kinda or near or, or kinda yeah. Like uh the the flower in the eye, like I've never seen that. Never before. before. Like that's an interesting idea. It really is. Um and the white flowy garbs really accentuates like all the blood. And so when like the blood that's gets really on you, fucking like, cool. I and think that, this is a really cool visual. That's my favorite part about the ending of one. Is yeah. so zero kills one. Her okay. sister. Okay. The but ending, then, okay. But then one has also created a brother, uh, which is a male version of her. Mm-hmm. And he comes in and stabs zero in the back. And it has this super anime thing where he pulls the sword out and blood sprays out. And he's wearing white garb that is soaked in her blood and turns fucking blood red. And it looks so cool. Yeah. That's such an awesome visual. And it's like a Kill Bill fountain. Yes. It's just like yeah. a geyser of bright red blood. It's great. And, uh, you know, and then he establishes that, like, he's going he's gonna to start a new religion based around his sister. And then he's like, wait a minute. No. I'm the one now. I'm still here. They're going to worship me. And, again, that's why... This branch is not the correct branch because Zero's mission doesn't achieve mm-hmm. and humanity is eventually wiped out. Uh, so, Intoners, though, let's go back to that. Intoners have this great magical ability that's based all around song. Yes. Which is where this also ties into Near because all of the spells that you learn are referred to as verses. Mm-hmm. Because they are also based in this song. And that's, again, it's this cool thing like, Drakengard 3 doesn't really relate to Drakengard 1 and 2 uh, thematically, or not thematically, but it, it sets the basis and it, it mm-hmm. sort of breaks them away and it really sets up near other than the first Drakengard. Dude, I don't know. I fucking love this. <laughs> I could talk about it so much. It's so hard to not just Honestly, nerd out. Please nerd out, but I'd say it's good. Like having not played one and two and just seen one, uh, I'd say I saw a good 60-70% of it being played. Um near one or I'm sorry, sorry Dragon Guard one. One and two are very, yeah. very more similar to I'd say the uh what's that series you love? Dynasty Warriors. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very much yeah. more than this one. This one is much more hack and slash beat 'em up. Then it is. It's it, it. It looks from a distance like it's a Dynasty Warriors game, but you can't play it like a Dynasty. It's Warriors much more game. focused. You have to block yes. accurately. You have to like time your shit in this game. Dynasty and, Warriors, you can mash fucking buttons all. Well, and I remember day. in Drake and Guard One and Two, you you fight a lot of people. That's also yeah, Simon, like big war battles, and you can call in your dragon to like. It was armies of people, yes, right? Like, yes, you'd have little squadrons of 30, 40 people. At in Drake and Guard Three, the most is like you have like ten people come yeah. in, and you have to fight ten people. Before the next arena where you and fight like another a, a bigger boss. And then yeah. there's like more like waves of like five, six. and Yeah, but you're never given like that army scale exactly. fighting like in a Dynasty Warrior And game. I think that's what... I did thought I... I thought I remembered that that's in the first thing Drakengard 1. I remember from Drakengard 1. I've never played 2 myself. I don't Again, think many people did. Well, and it wasn't Yoko Taro involved. Yeah. But I have heard that they're trying... There's been a lot of rumors of like some HD remasters of 1 and 2 coming. Because... They were only PS2. I mean, I don't... I'm sure that... Whatever. Like, if there are people clamoring for an Oni Musha remake, sure, people are probably clamoring for Guard, but... 
I don't know. I would only want to play it again because I'd like to play one. <laughs> because it's Joko Taro. And, and to see that ending that totally sets up near where the fucking dragon comes into modern age Tokyo. I mean, that's pretty cool, but I feel like it's on YouTube already. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I could probably do that. Oh, and for just sure. Skip playing the first one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that said, I'm glad I played Dragon Guard 3. Um, cool. I could have yeah. easily skipped and looked at all the cinemas on YouTube for this one. But I don't think I don't. I think this is one. I think the combat here is better than a Dynasty Warriors game. It's better than Dynasty Warriors, and it's better than the first Nier. I was going to say that, too, and I thought <laughs> yeah. that was going to be controversial. Uh-huh. No. I no, love the world and storytelling of Nier so much more. I think, goddamn, that first Nier game, the narrative is just ah, the best. I love it more than Nier Automata and Dragon Guard 3. It's nearly a perfect game. But that gameplay is not great. Yes. And I do think the gameplay here is much better. Like, I found myself getting into a rhythm. I and didn't I think, think it's it was that hard. And I think it's 3, like, it's set up to be chunks of arenas. Whereas Nier is, is yeah. this open world mm-hmm. where it doesn't really benefit from being an open world. And I think, you can correct me if I'm wrong, did this come out after Nier? No, this was before Nier. This was before Nier. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if not, it was Maybe. close. I'm pretty sure... They came out really close, so I don't know what. But, yeah, I think taking away the open world really helps. Um, And, honestly, you don't have to... There are a few sections in Dragon Guard 3 where you have platforming. Not too many. But the uh, few jumping block sections in Dragon Guard 3 are horrific. But I remember having a lot more issues in Nier, running around and jumping and trying to get to things and just... That feeling yeah. is so awkward and clunky. Drakengard 3 felt that way too, but luckily there's only like one or two areas where and that's everything really is needed. very obvious, like where you need to get it from. Like there's yeah. boxes, but they're they're right there, and it's like, yeah. oh, I can get stuff from them when I break them. Not like yeah. in near where like, yeah, you have to do these weird platforming things to get yes. to certain areas, and yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Some of it is a bit convoluted for sure. Um, and honestly, the hook of Dragon Guard 3, it's very simple. Like, it it was a PlayStation 3 game, but it feels like a PlayStation 2 game. It is very, very simple. But I think some of their hooks are good. Like, I like the uh, three random hidden treasures in each level. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a cool thing. It actually made me go back and replay a few levels Kinda to get, like, the secret weapon or something. Because you want to get that stuff. Yeah. You want to level it up. And the levels are quick. You can get through one in, like, 15 minutes if you're skipping cutscenes because you've already seen them. Sure. So, like, you can go back and replay them. No fucking problem. Like, I really, I, I, I looked up this game before I started playing it. Um, I had bought it long before I knew Yoko Taro was, was a, on it, and it dude. just sat in my collection, uh-huh. unplayed. But um, I saw so many complaints about the gameplay in this game that it's really hard, really difficult, just not a very good game, but you stick with it for the characters. And I was really pleasantly surprised because I did not have any troubles with no, the gameplay. not at all. I, I don't think it's great. Like, near Automata great gameplay well yeah that's platinum though this is not that (laughs) this is not even close to that but it's serviceable it's good it's competent it is competent like it's good it's good enough and like i enjoy doing it enough to replay several levels and i'll probably go back and play it again to see this fourth dance dance revolution ending because that sounds dope if you're gonna do it i don't want to give too much away but i mean 
I mean, I guess I will. You can absolutely because so this is the reason that the fourth ending is the good one. Yes, is that and the whole thing with Mikhail doing this sort of rhythm based game is that he's he takes the flower to the spiritual plane, and then you're you're doing this dance dance revolution against five statues of the sisters, and you're you're breaking them, and then you seal the flower in the spiritual plane, which protects the human plane from it again tying back songs to the theme and music yeah that's fucking great it's cool as fuck man i love all right so here's all right fuck it i like this game a lot yeah i am hesitant to say i love it because there are definitely some flaws and i think most of those come in kind of some of the repetitive environments uh that is the biggest complaint that i have and i've seen online is that Like, visually, the levels are bland. Yes. But the characters are amazing. The the characters, the dialogue, the story is fantastic. And the the environments are bland. You have to redo... So you'll do a chapter, and then you'll open up, like, two or three side missions, which are all pieces of the chapter you just played. So you have to do a lot of the same stuff. But it's so short... And it's and, and the combat's competent enough. Like I never minded. It's this weird thing playing with the uh, the completionist and a majority of all of us gamers. Like mm-hmm. when that happens, you are gonna want to go back and play those again. I did, but at the same time, you're like, <laughs> it also negates the whole thing because you're like, you get a little burned out. So it's this weird. A little bit. Yeah. But I'll say your time's not wasted here because you're getting there is progress. You're getting progress. You're getting like uh uh whatever cards like i don't remember like the silver gold or bronze cards to upgrade weapons yep as you're going through so like when you do these side quests it's beneficial you're not wasting your time and it is fun because you're kind of learning too like it's that kind of mastery process of like i don't quite have this new breed that came out this new villain who has a shield so I'm going to practice and like the practice is going through these side missions. Yeah. And by the time you do those side missions, you have it down. So like I never, ever got to a point in the story where I was stuck because the side missions had thus trained me. So I went in. I knew what I was doing. Like I saw people saying like, oh, I'm stuck in chapter three. I can't get back. Like this is so hard. This game's so difficult. And like I never nope. fucking had that. Because and also, the side missions really kind of train you. It's like uh, compared to like Kingdom Hearts where like each oh, world yeah. has new enemies, but then you never get used to those enemies because you never get a chance. Uh-huh. So, we're, yeah, I totally agree with you here. Yeah. Um, another great thing that this game does better than the first Drakengard 1 and 2 is your ability to switch weapons on the fucking fly yeah. while you're fighting. And there are four different ones. There are... Uh-huh. Short swords, long swords, spears. Got it. And then, and then like, like the, the handheld shock weapons. Rooms. Yeah, chakrams. Uh huh. Um. So it was. Uh. It's really cool to. And they each have very different kind of play styles and, and different feels. Winemi- enemies have different weaknesses to it. Winemies, I said because I was thinking <laughs> weakness and enemies. And even like between those categories, like each chakram has a different feel. Each long sword has a different feel and speed and. It's a lot like near Automata, where every weapon feels very yes. different from yes. one another. Even though these four swords are long swords, they still feel very different. And, and they get different, different benefits things. to using. And-, and they also have weapon histories and weapon yeah. stories, just like fucking near Automata. Like, uh, this game's fucking 
a hidden gem and it's nobody the, fucking knows about nope. it. It's it's good. I really I I enjoyed this game a so, lot. <laughs> here's the thing: if you like the near series, and I'm pretty much speaking primarily to Ben Caruth here. Ben Caruth. Check out Drakengard 3, buddy. You'll like it. You fucking will, man. It's real good. Yeah. It's not as good as Nier. But rarely is anything as good as Nier or Nier Automata. At least. Honestly, yeah, I'd say so. Like, they're real high bars to meet. But this I is a game. I love that too, man. You fucking see it. You see the potential and you can see where Nier comes from yeah. when you're playing this game. I, I dig this in the same way, like I did going back to like Dead Alive or Brain Dead from Peter Jackson. Yeah, you know, and you like see the this guy, I can see where the Urukai came from, and like those really fucked up like decapitations in mm-hmm. the Hobbit movies. It came from this guy who's Man. doing this weird shit. It, it always warms my heart to hear how much you love the Near series as much as Dude, me. Yoko Taro, I am so glad you've kind of introduced me to him because he has become maybe one of my favorite game developers. For sure. He, I, I really wish his output was much more, but like, I can't. I'll take what I can get. Even, I totally agree. Here you go. Over Kojima, I don't think there is a more interesting game developer putting out games than Yoko Taro. Definitely today. not in the I fucking don't. Americans. And that's, that's a thing that's I would say that even sucks. Japan. I, I, well, I sure. don't think worldwide there is anybody putting out anything interesting. But like I think Yoko that's Taro. what sucks about us and like our Western development is that we don't have a rock star developer over here. We don't have somebody that. Oh, we that's, do. We who? do. They're just, they're, I would say like, uh, Skia, S-C-E-A, because they're the people putting out or but I'm saying, Santa Monica. Like, But that's not a person with a vision like oh, a Kojima sure. or a Yoko Taro. We have... Shit. Very, yeah, you can maybe right. have like a David Jaffe, but not Fuck even... him. No, he's not even close to no, that. No. Or uh, who do, uh, Captain Shit... Is David Jaffe Twisted Metal guy? He And the first God three of God of Wars. Okay. but. Even the new God of War wasn't him, and I think that's leagues better than the old God of Wars. That was a Corey something. I can't yeah. remember his name. But, like, we don't have... Over here, we don't have these... It's more team no. stuff. We don't have I bet these... The most you get is uh, Todd Howard. Sure. He's the closest. But even... Maybe Randy Newman or Gabe... Uh, Gabe what's the Val, Val Gabe guy? Gabe Newell, but they haven't done... But I'm, he's not done anything no. recently. And I'm thinking of... I, I always want to say Captain Shitdick, who is... Uh, Tim Schafer. Tim Schafer. But even his stuff is so Honestly, much more indie. It like, is. Yeah, he's the closest, but like he doesn't get attention. No. He doesn't get attention in the way Yoko Taro and I don't does, think his or stuff, Kojima. I don't think his stuff hits like a Yoko Taro either. It's some good <sighs> stuff, and it's quirky. Well, that's like comparing like being John Malkovich to Toy Story. Because uh, sure. like Tim Schafer is doing like yeah. the family-friendly stuff that's kind of hitting like the all-ages like feels. And, like, Yoko Taro is going for, like, that deep nihilism. Sure. It's very different. Yeah. So, you, they're doing things, but, I don't know. It, it, much like Brad Bird, I think Tim Schafer could make that jump over there if he wanted I'd to. I'd like to see him, too. I think he's just interested in, like, that Tim Burton land. And yes. that's fine. Yes. That's fucking fine, because he does well there. But I do think he's probably the closest we have. I, I can't I, think of anybody that's, else That's who all I can close. think of, too. And I would like to see more, like... Give yeah. these people some fucking some weird shit, man. Because sure. I'm telling you, oh, I'm like, well, we got Jonathan Blow and Phil Fish, right? Phil Fish hasn't done it. He retired after everybody shit on him. That's because here's here's something. Fez sucks. It's not a good game. Fez it's sucks. Fuck Fez too. I don't care about it. Fuck you, Jonathan Blow. Phil Fish. Phil Jonathan Fish. Blow's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jonathan Blow. Jonathan Blow's. He's also a bit pretentious, but that's okay. He is. He that's is. okay. But he's British, so that just comes with. Is it. he? 
I've never actually heard him talk. He was in the indie game, the movie, and I thought he was British. But maybe he might not be. He just looks British. His last name is also... uh... One of my favorite acts. Well, it's well, it's also it's number one sucking dick and number two doing cocaine. Both things that are pretty cool in my book. So, also, uh, maybe the second best Johnny Depp movie. Oh yeah, it's a pretty good one yeah. for sure. What's Blows number one though? For me, Ed Wood. Okay, for I me, love it's Ed Wood. Fear and Loathing, but that's fair. I know you love Fear and Loathing. <laughs> Honestly, that'd be my number three. Okay, that's in my top three Johnny Depp movies. Um, man, I had something else I was gonna say about. All of this shit, but I can't remember it, and it probably wasn't that important. <laughs> we were talking Yoko Taro. I know, fast, man. of course, we always talk about Yoko. Oh yeah, I just, I, I agree. I think Yoko Taro, Novembaro, guys. <laughs> and it's probably never going to happen because Western developers are made in a Western capitalist market where everything is so fucking focus grouped that like you don't get one clear vision from it. Made by corporations, yes, not which by is, artists, exactly. Which works because call of duty modern warfare is gonna sell a billion times more copies than drake and card three but which one impacts me more and which one am i fucking sitting here talking about right now that's right it's we've never done an episode on call I of duty only bring up call of duty to point out a comparison yeah <laughs> unfavorable we have never and ever actually kind of dig the call of duty yeah, games i'm when not I play shitting them. on them but they are so just like you're right mass mass production to market like just get it out what what hits all the the check boxes four quadrants checked great whatever yep. ship it fuck it that's what again we're uh, not sitting here talking about that we're talking about a fucking guard vision. Three, guys yes it is it is a gym it is not perfect it is a gym in the rough but it's also super cheap right now you should check you it out you can get it for so cheap oh, here's the fucking best so thing cheap. that we haven't even talked about guess who fucking does the soundtrack for this game the same dude that does near and near automata oh that's right yeah it's good it's amazing it's really not good. near that quality uh-huh but it's you can tell yeah it's fucking great, man. It's still really good. Also, you can get a uh, 2B costume or a Kiny costume. You sure can. For $2. And I think I bought both of them. Did you? I got I'm, the 2B one for I, sure. No, way. I bought Kine. I got 2B. I definitely bought Kine. I got 2B and I Because it also with comes it with the weapons. I, my weapons sucked. I got the Kine double saw blade swords. Yeah, I They're got the tight. I got the two B one that had the, the turret. Sword. Oh yeah, it the, came with the turret yeah. that you have as a thing. But I honestly, it was kind of weak. I didn't really like it. I didn't use it. And I, I was like, I wish I would have bought that fucking Kine weapon. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But uh, I got to play as two B for a bit, and that was cool. Yoko Taro, fucking brilliant genius in this game, clearly shows also. How His awesome start. that they fucking released DLC to this super old asshole game that tied into fucking Near Automata that just came out like three years ago. Six years later, yeah. they put out fucking DLC for a game that they weren't even supporting anymore. Goddamn, this man. He, like, this is somebody who fucking cares about his games. And it really, again, it just goes back to, I think, when he designs his games, it comes down to, is this going to be fun or enjoyable or be a moment to remember then it belongs in the game. Sure. And we go back to Call of Duty, and I don't think that's the mandate there. I think the mandates are we got to hit a certain number of hours. We got to have this kind of thing. We got to have this kind of thing. And you got checkboxes to hit. It's very Mike, Taro. It's Michael Bay it's compared to uh, Wes fucking, Anderson. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, or uh, Edgar they, Wright, yeah. fucking baby driver to bad boys. They both have their they're places. They're both action and movies, both, but how they're handled. Yeah. It's, it's they're both night telling and day. completely different stories in the same genre. And yeah. Yoko Taro. Ryan, <laughs> on a scale yes. of one to five hmm. Emil masks. Okay. What would you rate Dragon Guard 3? Probably a four. I think a four out of five is probably safe because five indicates you. perfect mm-hmm. and it's not a perfect game, but I can't lie and say I didn't enjoy it any less than like games that are coming out now. Like this is a fucking old game. And when it came out, it was like a C rate game with like yeah. fucking no money behind it. And nobody played it. <laughs> but like. I enjoyed it. I fucking really enjoyed this game. And I don't remember what modern game came out that I, like, I was playing around this time. But like I had just bought a game that came out and this game grabbed me in a way that that game didn't. Oh. And it's just like, I, I don't know. I think it's still powerful and like characters are still good. The narrative's fucking great. Four out of five. I, I really, really, really recommend this game. So hard. Kyle. Out of five of mil masks, what do you give? It's hilarious. Uh, I didn't three. know where you were going to go, but I had a pretty good feeling. And I'm in no way influenced by you. <laughs> but I'm absolutely also a four. Yeah, there there are one. flaws to this game that prevent it from being perfect. But, I mean, Yoko Taro alone elevates this to a solid three. And then just so many other little world building things and fun little nuances that mm-hmm. if you like him and you like it in this genre... You're going to fucking love it. And I yeah, agree. I agree. Solid four, man. Absolutely. Great game. Mm-hmm. You should play it. Ben Caruth, again, I'm talking to you. Play Drake and Guard 3, buddy. Some of my favorite characters in any game I played recently. Like, I man, really do love these characters. We didn't even talk about some of the little... Th- so, like, in Toners... We didn't, we didn't get into, like, the worshippers either, really. Well, the worshippers, but, like, in like, Toners oh. have uh, one certain part oh, of their body yeah. that continuously grows. So, I think number three... It's her hair, uh-huh. and she always has scissors on her because she's constantly cutting her hair. I think for it's her nails. There's just these weird little details that, that are world building. They don't need to and be there. And they don't matter, but they're there. It's just a little extra. And it fleshes things out, man. Mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. damn it. Love it. I do, yeah, yeah. All right, man. Buddy. I, I, I This game's great. I love it. <laughs> I love you. I love that you and I have a shared appreciation for Yoko Taro. Always. So. Yeah, this ain't never going to stop. Yoko Taro, again, most interesting developer out there right now. Absolutely, if you're not a fan, you need to start researching his games because he is easily one of the most influential game developers to watch. Yes, and I'm sure he's got something on the bracket for coming up soon. Do you do you have any idea what it's going to be? <sighs> no, I imagine he won't have anything until PS5. But I do know that Near Automata exploded expectations, it did. and both Square Enix and Platinum are interested to do something else again. Do you think it's going to be another Near game, or do you think it'll be something else? I will say that I hope it's another Near game, just because I love that fucking story. But I will take anything that Yoko Taro wants to give me. With all right, so you'll take a near game, but with the expectation that it's probably gonna be like from near to near automata and just be like a completely whole new type of sure, near? but okay. within that universe, because again, I love they that tie in for yeah. sure, but like very different. Yeah, 
So this will be like a new whole different. You're, that's I'm sure. what you want. It's probably pull. like another twenty thousand years after Near Automata, or, or they whatever. go back even further sure. into the past. Either way, they go to caveman near. That'd be fucking tight too. Holy shit! Dinosaurs. I never even thought about that. That'd be tight as that'd fuck. That'd be weird. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'd be cool with that too. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, for sure. I'm always on board. Um, I don't know, man. I got nothing else to say. Check this fucking shit out. Yeah, it's great. I'm Kyle. I'm Ryan. Uh, we'll catch you next time, everybody. Go near yourself. Near. Far. Wherever you are. I got a pee.